listening to First Church Charlotte. If you would stand as is customary. We're going to be in Romans chapter number 15, and we'll start at verse number 7. But I've always wanted to do this. See, Cruz got to do this all the time. I never got to do this. So I'm going to say Charlotte. And not just the youth, but I want everyone to just scream, you know. You know what? We don't know what we know. But that's just what we say. Are you ready? Charlotte. That was awesome. That was awesome. Amen. Romans chapter number 15, and we'll start at verse number 7. It says, Therefore receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises. Somebody say promises. Promises. Made to the fathers. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Paul is about to quote some scripture. For this reason I confess to you among the Gentiles and seeing your name. And again he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. That's us. Load him, all you people. And again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse. There shall be a root of Jesse. And he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles will hope. Somebody say hope. Hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This morning I want to preach the hope of humanity. The hope for humanity. If you would lay your Bibles down, God, I pray that you would be with us this morning. I pray that you would anoint my lips to speak forth your word. I pray that you would anoint our hearts and our ears to receive your word, God. I pray that you would have your way. Let me get out the way. Whatever it is you want to do, this is your house, God. We're here to visit with you. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Certainly an unlikely text for Christmas Eve, but we're going to roll with it this morning. Many have said that where there is life, there is hope. Yet it doesn't take a prophet to know that there are some who feel that all hope is gone. But at the outset of my message this morning, I want to let somebody know that there's still hope in Jesus I want to let somebody know that no matter what's going on in the world today, that we still have hope. That God came to give somebody just a sliver of hope. The story of Jesus' birth is certainly no fairy tale. If we could journey back in time, of course, we would see the love in Mary's eyes and the vibrant joy of the shepherds and the profundity of the wise men. But to be true to the word of God, we would have to add the wailing of grief-stricken parents as they hold the lifeless bodies 
of their sons in their arms. What could these infant boys of Bethlehem have done to deserve such brutality? To every humane individual, the answer is simple. Nothing. They were merely innocent victims of a jealous king, brought to their end for no other reason that, than that they were the same age and the same gender as Jesus. As far as Herod was concerned, that's all that mattered. Any one of them could have been the one who was born king of the Jews. As you can imagine the grief in Bethlehem that day as parents mourned for their sons. Imagine the hopelessness of mothers as soldiers slew their children right before their eyes. Don't worry, I'm not going to stay grim. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the world that Jesus was born into. A world of pain and suffering. A world where pain was a common reality. Again, I say the story of Jesus is no fairy tale. But there was a miracle amongst the turmoil. And there was a hope amongst the pain. Packaged together in Jesus Christ. The one who would be the healer of the wounded spirits. And the mender of broken lives. A God in whom we can trust this morning. I'm so glad that I have a hope. have to say it's kind of cool being at my own church preaching because it's like having my the whole church be your amen corner I could say God is love and everyone's like amen. I can say God is good and everyone's like amen. you guys are making it easy for me this morning we've all been in a situation where we felt all hope was gone where there was no end that seemed favorable to us but we take comfort in the fact that the thoughts that God thinks towards us are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give us an expected end. One translation says that God has plans to prosper you. To prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Hope and a future. Some feel hopeless about certain aspects of their lives while others it permeates through their entire existence. A, a hopelessness where you feel as though you don't have any dreams or any goals. If there's anybody in the building today that feels as though there's no hope, let me tell you, God came to bring an infusion of hope to a dying and painful world. God was born so that we might have hope and future. Moreover, God came that he might be our hope and be our future. Yes. It's not just enough to have someone who says, you know, I hope good things for you. But someone who steps in and says, I will be your hope. What God gives us is true hope. A question that we must consider is where does hope come from? But maybe a better question would be, what is hope? Every day we use that small, magical word, hope. I hope you feel better. We told that to Brother Don this morning. I hope it works out. I hope you get a raise. Most of us know what hope is, but it would take us a few seconds to really describe its meaning. Simply defined hope is a vision for better days. 
It's a vision for better days. So when I say I hope that you feel better, I'm telling you that I'm hoping that there's better days than the one that you're currently experiencing. I'm hoping for something that's in the future. I'm hoping for something that's not quite yet. It's a word of optimism and expectation. But the beauty of the word hope is not that it's something for the future, but it's a future expectation that changes us today. Think about that for a second. It's a future expectation that changes us today. Because when you have hope for glory that's in the future, it will change the way you live today. If you believe that there's hope in your circumstance, hope for your life, it will change the way that you live, the way that you act, the way that you speak, the way that you worship, the way that you respond. The thing about hope is it can't be manufactured. It's not something that we stir up within ourselves, much like we do with faith. Hope is a little bit different than that because we have to be given hope and we must perceive hope. Let me explain that for just a second. I can give you hope. If you're good, you're going to get a toy for Christmas. All right. That's a promise given. That's hope given. But if you don't believe that if you're good, you're going to get a toy for Christmas, you're not going to you're not going to try to be good. Right. Hopelessness is when you're like, what's the point of even trying? What's what's the hope of even putting in any effort? What's what? Why would I do such a thing? Because you don't feel as though there's actually any hope. God gives us hope through himself. But we must perceive that hope. Truly, children are the masters of hope. If they think that you're going to get them a nice toy or a good gadget, or if you're a teenager, you know, a a new system, a new game system or or clothes, or if you're an adult, a new car. (laughs) If they perceive that, then they're going to change their behavior in the present for hope for the future. Now, children, yes, they, they, they are the masters of hope. But here's the thing about children, is they must have vision to have hope. Because if hope is a vision for better days, that means that they have hope for better days. Hope of better days with better toys. Hope of better days with better clothes. Hope of better days with new gadgets. Hope is an interesting word that we often get confused with faith. And while I'm on this, I want to pause for just a second and say this. We can't discourage people who don't yet have faith, but they just have a little bit of hope. What do I mean by that? It's one thing. We know that God is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him, right? You must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder, right? But before you believe that he is, if you're desperate, if you're hopeless, you're not, you're not expecting there to be something that's going to change immediately. You come interested just hoping that there's a God, hoping that there's an answer for our life, hoping that there's something that can change who we are and where we are. Jesus is our hope. Hope is not wrapped up in a season although we like to believe it. It's not wrapped up in a Christmas 
a program, but instead hope is wrapped up in the one who is wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. Hope is wrapped up in a person and the greatest gift that was given to this world. Scripture makes it clear that this baby would be the one of whom the world had been waiting for, watching for, hoping for, praying for. The world had been waiting ever since the first man, Adam, for the second Adam who had come to rewrite the wrongs of the first. Yes, he's a savior. Yes, a deliverer. And yes, a king. He came to give hope to the lowly, to the humble, to the hopeless, to the broken. We know that along with being a God of love and peace, sometimes we forget this, but God identifies himself as a God of hope. Romans 15, 13, we just read it. Now may the God of hope fill you with joy, peace, and believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Everything starts with God. If there's hope for joy, if there's hope for peace, it's founded on a hope in God. God is, and God is a God of hope. Don't worry, I said we would, we would, we would start slow and then we'll preach in a second. In other words, we must believe God exists, right? And that he exists as a God of hope, that he'll reward those who believe. There is nothing that man can deliver that can match the hope of God. Hope is always founded on a promise. So I can hope that you're going to make good on your promise. But I can definitely hope on the one who's never left a promise set unsettled. Amen. This Christmas, we're not just celebrating the birth of Jesus, but we're celebrating the hope that was made by way of his birth. We're celebrating the hope that came into this world that night. We're celebrating the hope for our lives, the hope of the Gentiles, the hope of those who believe, the hope for those who are broken. We can hope in God because he keeps his promises. God makes it easy for us to hope in him. It's easy to hope in a God who keeps his promises. The Bible says that by two immutable things in which it, it was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay a hold upon the hope set before us. We have a hope this morning. First off, we know that God keeps his promises. We've said it time and time again. But it's great to know that we can trust in his hope because we hope in a God who can't lie. Oh, that was good. There's a difference in someone who won't lie, but there's something completely different in a God who can't lie because he is truth. It's a part of his character. When God says he's going to do something, honey, that's the end of it. It's settled. God cannot lie. I trust in a God who keeps his promises this morning. In his birth alone, God fulfills over a hundred promises. He will be a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
and Jacob. He will come from the tribe of Judah. He'll be a descendant of David, born of a virgin, born in Bethlehem. The list goes on and on and on. But let me preach to somebody this morning that if God said that there's hope for this world, if God said that there's hope for the church, We can bank on it this morning. God does not write checks that his bank account can't cash because he has all the cattle. He has all the wealth. He has all the power. So all I've got to do is hope in a God who keeps his promises. Does anybody have hope this morning? Praise God. Let me tell you, once you experience hope, you will never be able to go back to life as you knew it. If there's somebody in this place who's hopeless, don't worry. I'm preaching to those who may be new, somebody who's seeking. Those of you who are established, we'll get to you in a second. But if you're seeking for something, if you're seeking for more, let me tell you there's more in God. You can put your hope in a man who will never fail you, who will never forsake Once you start hoping, you can't go back. You have to live it. You have to live it fully and passionately with everything that you have inside of you. When God says better days are coming and you start to believe it, it changes you in the present. If you have hope, if you're holding on to a promise for better days, if you're trusting in God to bring about an expected end, It will change your entire being. It will change your life, your heart, your mind, until it consumes you. Hope is a funny thing. It will drive a man insane. If you're hoping for a new car, you can't stop thinking about it until you drive it off that lot. If you're hoping for a nice vacation... There we go. That was for you, sister. (laughs) If you're hoping for a nice vacation, you will not be able to think of anything else until you step foot on that cruise ship. Hope is a funny thing because when you start to have a little bit of hope, your heart begins to long. It begins to want. Romans 8, 31. What shall we say to these things? You guys know this scripture? I love this scripture. This scripture is not just my favorite, but let me tell you, it's the favorite scripture of every evangelist who ever lived. Here's the reason why we can hope this morning. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, if God be for us, The angels declared God's intent towards us in the words that they spoke glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. God came to give us the very best. God came because he's not just, you know, a far distant God, but he's a God that's for us. But the cool thing about our God is he's not a God who's just for us but he's a God who's with us. 
Don't miss that. Don't miss that. It's one thing for someone to be for you. It's something completely different for someone to be with you. You want to know how I know? Anybody ever tried to head up a ministry before? Raise your hand. Oh, look at, look at that. This is, you guys are going to understand exactly where I'm going with this. If someone's for you, and you say, you know what, Brother Ron? Is Brother Ron here? I don't see him. Well, if he's not, all right. You know what? I want to do a great van ministry. I want to blow it up bigger than we ever have. It's going to be the best van ministry we've ever seen before. And the whole church will say, "Woo, that's so good. You do that, Brother Ron. And then if Brother Ron says, you know what? Now I need somebody to help me do it. <laughs> All of a sudden, where did everyone go? If someone's for you, they, they understand where you're going and they agree with you. But if someone's with you, they align their action with yours to make sure that they're bringing about the change that you're expecting. God is not just for us, but God is with us. He's not just saying, you know what, I hope that things go well for you. But he's saying, I'm going to work on your behalf so that we can see the things that you've been praying for. Matthew 1, 23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. I'm glad this morning that I serve a with us God and not an absentee God, not an unknown God, but a God that is invested in where I am right here in this moment. A God who was born into sin, into destruction, into a dark world that I might have hope so that the Gentiles, that's us, might have a little bit of hope. A God who came to inaugurate a kingdom where he could dwell in the hearts of his people. He doesn't want to just be for us, but he doesn't also want to just be with us. He takes it one step further. A God who wants to be in us. John 14, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man loves me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him and he will come unto him and make our abode or home with him. Ephesians 3, I pray that out of the glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Oh, I'm glad for a God that doesn't just want to be for me, who doesn't want to just be with me, but wants to be in me. If the hope is inside of me, I have no reason to be hopeless this morning. I have no reason to joy and to rejoice in the presence of God because I have a God that's inside of me. I hope for better days. I hope for a life change. I hope for a heart change. Now, for everyone who's like, you know what? This is not my first, my first Christmas Eve service. I know about hope. I've been in the church since 1987. 
Look, I got a hand raised. I love when people do that. They just, they, seniority. Ephesians 2 says this. Are you ready? This is for, for those of you guys who've been living for God for quite some time. It says, this is the word of God. Remember that at one time you were Gentiles. You Gentiles were without Christ. Alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. Strangers to the covenant of promise. Having no hope and without God in the world. Mm. paraphrased remember you were hopeless once remember what God has done for you remember where you come from you ever meet somebody who's just a little bit too big for their britches pastor asks them to preach one time and all of a sudden they speak with a deep voice Or you know what? They get one privilege, one small privilege, and then all of a sudden you call them instead of, of hey, hey, hey. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Leave a message. It's, brother, I'm so glad that you reached me, but I'm out of my office right now. All of a sudden something changed. But think about this. That's not what God wants us to do. He says, remember where you came from. Remember who you are. Remember that you weren't a part of the covenant at first, but God did a work. God did a work, and now all of us who weren't a part of the covenant have hope in Jesus Christ because there's a work that's been done where now I can joy. I can hope. I can have faith. I can rejoice with all those who are part of the covenant because God has grafted Man, I'm having a little bit of fun this morning. God has included me into his kingdom. Oh, I don't ever want to forget where I came from. I don't ever want to forget what I would be or what I could be or where I once was if it wasn't for the presence of God. This Christmas Eve, we're celebrating a hope that came for us, a hope that came so that we may live different, act different, preach different, speak different, so that we can be separated from everyone else. God came to give you hope, to give you an expected end, so that we can be changed. It's one thing for me to stand and preach. Let's see how I'm doing. Oh, 28 minutes. I still got two more. <laughs> it's one thing for someone to say, you know what? There's hope for the unbeliever. There's hope for those. The reason why I said the hope for humanity and not the hope of humanity is because it's your choice. He's the hope for humanity, but you have to decide if he's your hope. And I know I got a bunch of people who hope in God, or you wouldn't be here this Christmas Eve. Praise God. I want to say, and I'm closing. My, my clock is ticking. I want to say that this Christmas Eve, as we rejoice with friends and family, I want you to share a little bit of hope in your home. I want you to remember why we celebrate this. It's not about the toys. It's not about the gifts. Although if you have some for me, bring it by here, my Lord. 
But God came to give us hope. In that baby, let's understand we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. There's more to the story. But that birth was significant to all who lived in that time. Because it was a glimmer of hope. The prophets promised hope. But hope was manifested through Jesus. And so this morning, we remember the reason why we gather. The reason while we give gifts. If you would stand to your feet. I don't have to be hopeless this morning. I could have preached on anything else. But the reason why I preached on hope today is if we're honest, for some of us, the Christmas season is a great time. But the truth is, there's more depression during the Christmas season than any other time of year. Suicide rates go up around Christmas every year. Crime is up around Christmas every year. And so while we have the opportunity to rejoice and have a little bit of hope, for those who have no hope, for those who are secretly, you know what, I I, I wish that my Christmas was like Brother Ed's. I wish, I'm, I wish I got the gifts that Brother Ed got. I wish this, I wish that. Let me tell you, there's so much more for you. It's not just about the gifts. It's not about social envy. It's not about posting on social media the things that you got. But it's about a hope that came to this world so that you would have an expected future. If you have hope, if you're overflowing with hope, God bless you. Remember your hope. If you feel there is no hope, if you're dreading the Christmas season, if you're dreading your family, there's hope. Here's what we're going to do. If you would step out from where you are and make your way to the altar, we're not going to do a high-pressure pitch a high pressure altar call but we're just going to simply raise our hands and bask in the presence of hope bask in the one who he doesn't say you have to you must but there's hope if you want it there's hope if you need it and I want every one of you if you if you're not able to squeeze down in here to the front I want you to lift your hands raise your hands, extend your hands and together as a church as a church, as one body we're going to thank God for the hope that we have in Jesus God I thank you God I thank you for everything that you've done I thank you for coming into a world that didn't deserve your presence that didn't deserve the gift that you gave. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to worship, to have you on my side, to have you for me, to have you with me, but more importantly, God, to have you in me. I thank you, God, for a beautiful family. 
for a church that I can worship in. I have hope because of you. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come join us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road at the corner of Shamrock Drive. Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. and Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Online, find us at firstchurchclt.com or like us on Facebook or Twitter. We hope to see you soon. Come worship with us.